Good morning. The Lord's blessings to all of you. Uh, you know, it seems like every week I, I see uh, someone new, uh, either a visitor or someone who has uh, uh, felt as though they can return now with a kind of pandemic things uh, getting a little bit better. So I'm always glad to see people and, and thankful to have you in word and worship this morning. Um, the Lord bless you and keep you. We are going to be doing, uh, we have an interesting Sunday, of course, Transfiguration, where our Lord is transfigured bright white. He shows us the glory of his divine nature. And uh, we're going to talk about that during our sermon time today, as well as the glory that is uh, his, uh, himself on the Mount of Calvary, crucified to take away our sins. Um, as we begin today, let's start our time together with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your Son, Jesus Christ, and we ask that today, in this place, like so many years ago, his glory might be revealed to us, not uh, in his person, availed bright and white, but through the preaching of your word and the prayers, through the hymns and the liturgy, that you might show us many good things and the promises that you have gave to us through Jesus Christ. Bless our time together. And, and Lord, help us take, like Moses, a bit of that bright, shining white light out into the communities and the places where we live and work uh, and share that good news, that hope of salvation we have in Jesus Christ. Feed us and fill us today with your glory and your presence. We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Our first lesson for today is uh, a reading from Deuteronomy chapter 34, and it is the death of Moses. Then Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead as far as Dan, all Naphtali, the land of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah, as far as the western sea, the Negev and the plain, that is the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees, as far as Zoar. And the Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him in the valley in the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no one knows the place of his burial to this day. Moses was 120 years old when he died. His eye was undimmed and his vigor unabated. And the people of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses were ended. And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. So the people of Israel obeyed him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. And there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, none like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, and for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. O Lord, have mercy on us. <clears throat> Our epistle lesson is taken from Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, 
who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. O Lord, have mercy on us. A reading from Luke chapter 9. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses said, Elijah, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with him were heavy with sleep, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. And as the men were parting from him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. As he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. O Lord, have mercy on us. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Uh, So we we are going to focus on verses from our gospel lesson, uh, 29 and 30. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah. So Transfiguration Sunday is something, it's one of those church holidays that's set every year. We come to it, and we wonder why, perhaps, why, why mark it as a church holiday? Why is it important? Why do we celebrate it every year? Transfiguration Sunday is the end of Epiphany and the beginning of to Lent, Epiphany being a time where Christ is growing. He, uh, we get our first few Sundays of Epiphany, we talk about him as a child, and he's growing, and then he begins his ministry. He is ministering, then bringing his wisdom, teaching into the world. At the end of Epiphany, Christ's light shines with its brightest force. He is transfigured in white. He is glorious, and then after this, he sets his face towards Jerusalem and the cross. Transfiguration is a hinge point or a pivot point between the time filled with light and joy to a meditative time of Lent filled with stories of Christ's ministry as he now turns his face towards Jerusalem and the cross. What can this story teach us for today? Well, for one brief moment, we see the amazing and glorious nature of our Savior revealed. Jesus reveals to his disciples who he is, a prophet who is so great, he is joined by the greatest prophets ever to live, Moses and Elijah, and he outshines them both. 
The disciples want to stay in this glorious place and not heads towards the cross. We're not really sure. They kind of wake out of sleep. They're in kind of a stupor. They might just be saying uh, not wise things, but the sense we get from all the Gospels is that the disciples uh, wish to make tents and stay there on the mountain. But the Father, in his very last statement here, right, he directs us away from the mountain towards another mountain. Christ is determined as well to get to the cross, that vile, torturous instrument of his death. Why would anyone set their face towards something like that? Why wouldn't they run away from it? Well, we know the answer. Our Savior Jesus Christ loves us so much that he runs towards the burning building. He leaps towards the battle. He faces pure evil and defeats it with blood and sorrow flowing mingled down. He does this because he wishes to give us forgiveness and eternal life. What can we learn from our story today? Often it is our wish, like the disciples, to remain in glorious times. We desire to live in easy times. We want to live in safe times. We look back to the past. Sometimes we wish we could go back there. Yeah. How many times have we maybe thought about going back to that heyday time in the 1950s and 60s of the glorious uh, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, right? Maybe we want to uh, think about wonderful moments in our future that are better than today. Yes, those moments will surely be better than the ones we live in. But unfortunately, we were created to live now in the moments we are placed in. It's a scary thing. I don't know about you, but my mind has been somewhat preoccupied this past week with what's been going on in our world, especially what's going on in Ukraine. I'm sure many of you are maybe as sad, nervous, anxious about it as I am. Perhaps a little anxious, nervous about our economy, even our home church, our blessed, our Redeemer. There's still a lingering hangover from COVID. People that we love are still gone, still concerned about coming back. There is still a lingering um, uh, kind of hangover of wounds. Unfortunately, the crisis did not, uh, we did not necessarily weather it sometimes in the best ways. We opened up wounds between each other. We we, uh, critiqued each other and we were angry with one another how we dealt with it in whatever ways we dealt with it. These wounds are still fresh. There's still division about many things that break down, unfortunately, along philosophical and political lines. That's kind of what we're struggling with a little bit. So it is natural in the scary times that are out there, even the difficult times that are in here at times, that we might look for escape. Look for a glorious place to set down roots and stay there forever. But... Some things remain true. God has nestled us in this community, this local neighborhood. He has also put you in a neighborhood with your neighbors and also your coworkers. And I will bet that regardless of how we feel, uh, they're as anxious and nervous as you are. So there is a need for our service, even though our service is difficult. And that is the very same thing that Jesus faced as he walked down the mountain. There is one thing we haven't spoken of yet. 
And this is where we hear the gospel. It's the best part of the story. Peter, James, and John don't leave the mountaintop alone. No, it is Christ who leads them to the next part of his life and theirs. We shouldn't be a people who try to escape our lives now, live in the past, live in the future, live in some other vaunted kind of glorious understanding of what our life might be, uh, and pretend that everything around us is fine. Instead, let us live in the times we are appointed for, and let us dig in, knowing that our Savior Jesus Christ is with us. We are not alone, and with him we can do all things for the kingdom. There is a desperate need. I don't know if you know this, but there is a, I've heard from several different people that there is a desperate need in our community for mentors, for young children and young adults. Uh, we also were, I was working fairly closely with a program that mentors men coming out of prison here in Sioux Falls. And there's a desperate need for people to do that. And what is mentoring? There's virtually no cost to it. It's just standing alongside someone who doesn't have any good adult role models in their life and giving them advice and wisdom. And I'm sure, as I've talked to many of you, many of you have a lot of advice and wisdom to give. Let us not turn away from the crosses that are in front of us, the ones that we should bear, that are meant for us, that is our, you know, as, as Paul says, the works that God created beforehand for us to do when he talks about the grace that we receive from Jesus. There's always a need for our tithings, for our treasures, for our monies uh, to support Orphan Grain Train. And I only bring them up because they do a lot of work. I don't know if you know this, but Orphan Grain Train sends a lot of their things to the Ukraine. So uh, it would be a good, uh, good, good group to start with if you wanted to reach out to that area. Mission Central, of course, is a wonderful place to help our missionaries across the world. And of course, there's always Sioux Falls Lutheran School, the banquet, Union Gospel Mission, and as I said before, our prisoners at our penitentiary could use visitors as well as mentors uh, when they are released. And of course, I have to say as well, I, I, am, I am legally obligated to say, since I'm married to Laura, there is always a need for more foster care parents. There is, in our community, a, a laundry list of ways in which we can serve and which we can help. And that may seem daunting, right? We're in this glorious place, this mount of transfiguration in a way, in here. And we see all the needs that are out there, all the anxieties that are out there, and we just kind of want to run away from them. Stay in this glorious place. Pretend like they don't exist. Go home and stream Netflix all day and just kind of ignore all of it. I know that you might feel tired. Um... Maybe you think to yourself, I've already served in my life and I'm older now at someone else's job. But these are our crosses to bear. These are the things that God has appointed us to do. Let us not turn away from them, but let, our, let us turn our faces toward it, knowing that wherever we go, Christ will lead us. We don't begin these tasks alone. We are never alone. For Christ has promised that he will always be with us. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus shows us his glory and it is beautiful. But there is another mountain, the mountain of Calvary. And there he shows us his glory, his greatest glory of love and service. 
See, it's, it's like when you think of these two things, it's kind of a, a, a con- comparison of, of what Jesus is, this glorious Son of God, and the cross is what Jesus does. I don't know if you noticed, but I actually tweaked the lyrics on the, on the refrain of Christ Bear Light. It's supposed to be, I think it's shine through our hearts, and I change it to shine through our hands. Because that's how we show people the love of Christ. It is through the things that we do for them, to them. Yeah? We, uh, just as Christ shows his greatest glory in his greatest act of love and service, so should we uh, show our love through love and service. The transfiguration wasn't just for Jesus, but it was for Moses, it was for Elijah, Peter, James, and John, and now it is for us as well. We are blessed by Christ's glory revealed. Here in this place, we receive the forgiveness of sins and the bread and wine. What glory we see here. And he has come here to be with us, not to frighten us, not to stay on the mountaintop forever, but he has come to feed and refresh us so that we might walk down the mountain into our troubled world and tell anyone who needs, anyone who hurts, a great secret. Christ, who looked to everyone like a man, was truly more than a man. He was God in our midst, and he died so that we might live. We live after the death and resurrection of Christ. So for us, there's one crucial difference. The disciples were ordered to tell no one until Christ had risen. Well, Christ has risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And now you have every right and permission and opportunity to share with others this great mystery we have learned on the mountaintop. Don't stay here. Yeah. It's a good place to be refreshed, but this isn't where we're supposed to live. Don't stay here. Don't stay in all the great and glorious places. Don't keep this wonderful truth here, but let it be here so that it might be everywhere. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Good morning. Well, the Lord's blessings to you as we uh, continue his kingdom work and his kingdom field. And I love you all very much. There's not a thing you can do about it. The Lord's blessings.